everyone, and welcome to the Cinemazing Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Bryant. Joining me today is Kieran Bassard. Say hi, Kieran. Hey, how you doing? I never get to do the intros, so that was really fun. It's almost, it's nice. I feel like like uh, if since I get introduced, like I'm the talent. Like, hello, I'm here to review things. So I do it the other way around normally. Yeah, that's why we normally do it the other I way around. I never knew. Because I don't know what I'm talking about. Neither do I. I I'm just say it hijack loudly. the show now. All right, everyone. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Cinemazing Podcast. Uh, and today we have a whole bunch of news, trailers, and reviews for you. I feel sidelined. Coming up later in the show, <laughs> we'll have our review of Dunkirk and a quick talk about Spider-Man. But first, San Diego Comic-Con 2017 happened, and it happened big. How do you feel about the whole of the news coming out of San Diego this year? I feel um, really excited. I think there are so many franchises going on that there is just there's so much news, but I just feel incredibly jealous because being in London, we don't have any access to be able to go to Comic-Con. Um, so I just feel like everyone's just kind of married to their phones at the moment, waiting for videos to come out, articles to be listed just to find out any scraps of information we can. I think there are some things which have been kept under wraps, which I'd like to be a little bit more exposed, looking at you, Star Wars. But um, I think I'm excited. Like, it's a really, really kind of great time to be alive if you're a nerd because there's so many franchises that directly appeal to us. And I think that there are a lot of people at the helm who genuinely care about their audience and genuinely make sure that everyone's having a good time. So, yeah, good times all around. I have a piece of cake stuck in my teeth. So, first piece of... Are we just not going to address that? First piece that of just news, we'll, we'll do the non-trailer news first. Um, uh, they showed in the hall, uh, in Hall H, a, uh, some footage from the new Black Panther film, and apparently the reception was electric. Everyone is going crazy about this film. We haven't got the trailer yet here in the outside world, and nobody leaked it, but... I'm actually pleased that nobody leaked as much as I would love to see the footage. I think that there is something to be said for the fans getting exclusive content. He just, you guys can't see this, he's still picking at his teeth to get that cake out. We got it. We got the it. Show, the show we can good? go on. Can we go back? Go back to Black Panther. Um, I'm super hyped for this movie. I thought that Chadwick Boseman, out of many, many highlights of Civil War, he was one of the kind of the brightest ones. So the fact he's getting his own movie and the cast is so good and the director is so good. It's just everything's kind of coming together and I'm pumped. I cannot wait. I think Black Panther is going to be one of my most anticipated uh, Marvel films to come out. Yeah, I'm getting increasingly hyped about it. Uh, they have had a few promo shots come out, some stills from the movie. It and they looks look gorgeous. Awesome. It, it looks like a real celebration of kind of African culture and... Uh, it's a lot of colours, there's a lot of, I have no idea how authentic it is, I'm sure if you're actually African it might look a bit silly, but at least for the rest of us it looks like somebody is really taking the time to kind of, to make this film show the love they have for Africa and African culture, it and just then having a superhero gorgeous. movie in there. It looks gorgeous. Uh, what I like about the promo shot, shots of because um, I like about what, ten pictures, and then like right at the bottom you get the picture of Andy Serkis and Martin Freeman, just like oh, there are two white guys in here. And the white people. Um, oh. It just looks really cool. Like the cast, I'm hyped. The costumes, the sets, everything about it, I'm so like I just I love the concept of Wakanda kind of being this amazingly te technologically advanced city. When everyone thinks that it's it's not. Yeah, I I love that as an idea. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it. I've heard that the 
trailer footage was an action sequence, I think, set in a casino. If awesome. I think I might, I may have misread. Um, but yeah, from what I've heard, everyone just went completely bananas, and I haven't heard a disparaging word said against it yet. So, Black Panther, when is it coming out? Do you I know? I have no idea. Is it next year? I think it must be into next year. Because it's coming out before Infinity War, isn't it? Yes. That's um, one of the ones that's coming out before. Well, that was the other thing, um, which we didn't, I didn't write in our show notes. Captain Marvel is going to be set before the first Iron Man. Yeah, set back in the 90s. It's going to feature a young Nick Fury. Um, so it's just going to be Samuel Jackson, Jackson. That, without the eye patch. I've had possible. He probably but will have two eyes. I don't really know how that's going to work because they make. Oh, he's about to sneeze! <coughs> he sneezed! He shoots his scores! Thank you for having that seamlessly into the show. So, yeah, uh. uh well, the Fury, I'm, two eye patches. No what? eye patches. Zero eyes. Patches. Zero eyes. The thing I'm not quite sure how it's going to work is, like, whereas, like, with Guardians and stuff, it existing in, like, different kind of. in space. Katamal, she is she in space? Uh, I think she does end up at space in space at some point. Okay, because if, if they set out in space, it's fine. But if they don't, it's going to be a little bit confusing. Because if she's like a superhero type, it, how will it work? Because She'll Iron Man has to remain anonymous, under the radar, yeah. which is possible, I suppose. Like they did have. I don't know. I don't. I just don't know how it would fit in with the law. I so think she'll have space they, things to do. If they're set in space, yeah. I think. It will probably start on Earth, and I even think a lot of the story will take place on Earth. But by the end of the movie, she probably has to be in space. Yeah. Because that way, that the, leaves If the Earth villain's in free. space, then it's fine. And then also, maybe she gets stuck up there for ages, and that explains the time. And doesn't come back Brie Larson is still super young, so they need to explain that somehow. Yeah. Um, but also, there's another problem, is that Captain Marvel is on a different level of superhero strength. Like, she is Hulk strong. And has a few other powers. I'm very interested see, to see how her power set, if they turn her down, because I don't want Marvel to go the direction of DC, where people are absurdly powerful, throwing buildings at each other. I don't. At least I know literally nothing about Captain Marvel. Um, I think they really need to bring it after the kind of surprise success that was Wonder Woman. They like, like I think Marvel was kind of pride of themselves on the fact that they were the ones setting the trends and then DC having to catch up. DC's had one hit, but the one hit was really significant for cinematic history. So they need to like buck their ideas up. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I feel like they'll be able to rise to the challenge. Um, What's next on your news? Two words, and this is the only words we have for this project. Doctor Doom. The uh, creative mind behind the TV show Legion, uh, and therefore Fargo. He's, uh, what did you do Fargo? See, I could not get into Fargo, but I loved Legion. So, okay, he, we know he's got superhero clout. We know he's a great creative mind. And we know he's working on Doctor Doom. Which so, is Doctor Doom is in the Fantastic Four's... Is in the bad guy from the Fantastic Four. So, who has... He's working with Fox, then? So, yeah, so Fox has the rights, and I think the Doctor Doom movie is their next plan to hold on to the rights... The Fantastic Four, oh, since no. the Fantastic Four movie, Fantastic was garbage. Oh, honey, no, honey, no, sweetie, but sweetie, no. Doctor Doom is an awesome character. He's really interesting in the Marvel universe, comics-wise. He was very significant, but I mean, they they can do so much with the character, and I, the guy behind it, if they get a good director, some good actors, 
and they throw some money and actual creative license at this guy, it could be awesome. You know, I, I'm going to hold judgment just because the last couple of experiments that Fox did were Deadpool and Logan, and they were colossal hits, <laughs> both financially and critically. So, fine. I, I guess, like, I'll give you... I'll give you... I feel like I'm saying I'll give you guys almost one chance. They've done it. They've done fan, Fantastic Four twice. And it's been pretty <sighs> shocking. Just kind of give the rights back over, because... Like, Marvel, as we'll talk later on, have proven that if you give them back their characters, they'll do a good job with it. Yeah. So, um, in my head, I'm weighing up, like, do I want to see an edgy Doctor Doom movie more than I want to see Fantastic Four in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And honestly, I'm leaning towards Cinematic Universe. I kind of don't like the Fantastic Four to begin with. I mean, their I... powers are a bit... No, I like them now. as a concept, the, kind of the family unit concept could really work. It's just they've never been able to make it work. So, I think just they need to be in the right because they're, they're hugely popular. They are really there's a reason why they want to keep on the on, hold of the rights to them because they are so popular. So, it'd just be nice to see someone who knows what they're doing use those <laughs> characters and tell a different story. We live in hope. All right, moving on to the trailers. First trailer, Thor. Thor the. Dark? No, Thor the Dark God we've had. Thor Ragnarok! Thor oh my Ragnarok. god, who even are you? Thor 3. It was a very interesting trailer. Some people have said it's too spoilerific. It shows up a little too much of the story. <laughs> Man, I'm buzzed. I'm absolutely like, jamming for this movie. Like, okay, I take it back by Black Panther. Thor. Who'd have thought? The third Thor movie. I'd be like, yes, son. Yes. <laughs> I'm very interested because uh, the previous, I mean, more so the Avengers movies than the Thor movies have shown that Chris Hemsworth has awesome comedic timing. He is hilarious. He's funny and he can carry the action scenes off very well. The middle Thor movie, I've only seen it once, but I do remember it being just a little too dark and brooding. It was in the kind of the grey zone before we got into beautiful Technicolor Marvel. Uh, it's sort of Guardians time. Yeah, it was, that was before Marvel entirely knew how heavy to lean on its thing. Like, like you said, pre-Guardians. Yeah, so... This is way more Guardians. I'm excited to see Thor with an amazing comedy director <gasps> Oh my the god! post-Guardians Marvel world. I want Taika Waititi just to direct all things. Thor in <laughs> space. We're going to expand where Thor is in the galaxy and show more about the Marvel galaxy. Yeah. Which previously we only saw in two movies. Which I'm, and, and from a different character's perspective as well. So that's going to be really cool. Um, I like the idea that um, Hulk hasn't changed back into Bruce Banner for so long and that he can now talk. And that whole kind of. The, one of the funniest moments in the original Avengers movie is when Hulk beats up Thor. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing an extension on that. I think Mark Ruffalo is actually quite funny as well. He doesn't beat up Thor, they have a fight. He like picks him up and just like throws him around like a ragdoll. That's Loki you're talking about. I swear that happens to Thor. So no, Beauty punches God. Thor. Yeah, he punches Thor and he Thor goes through Thor. a uh, like through the side of the well, triskelion. Well, Loki, anyway, like, it's, it's all good. <laughs> Those two characters and their worlds coming together is is a good thing, and I highly approve. Um, I think Kate Blanchett, hopefully, good villain. Fingers crossed. Like it's hard to tell from the trailers because it does look a little bit ham sandwich. I know, but I'm like, the goddess of death. Yeah, but. You know what I'm finding confusing? In the original trailers, she had like long black hair, and now she's got like 
I want to say antlers. I think the long black hair will probably form into the antlers. You know, the same way that Loki has his battle gear. Yeah, no, uh, it's, with his antlers. It's just straight. There's she, a lot of antlers. She going is on. like unrecognizable. Although we, I think, together watched something on the internet of the day, which said that she could potentially be the girlfriend of Thanos. Because in the comic books, Thanos, Thanos is, in, is love in love with death, and she's the goddess of death. So they could set that up to kind of be one of the conflicts driving forward into Infinity War. I don't feel like that's necessary. And if they did it, I might be a bit confused and angry because Thanos bad, want infinite power is a, is, is a fine setup. Yeah, sure. He doesn't need a convoluted backstory. Well, no, it, just, it, might, it might just like draw him into it a little bit more. Maybe. Maybe. But there, there are loads of things to be excited about. Jeff Goldblum... So, uh, in general. Surprising lack of Jeff Goldblum talking in the trailers. No. I think that might be they're saving us for the treat that is Jeff Goldblum. Because, like, say what you like about Jeff Goldblum. Don't be mean about him because I love him. Like, hands down. <laughs> say what you want as long as it's As long as you agree praise. with me. No, I love Jeff Goldblum. I want him to be in more things. He was the only good thing in that awful Independence Day sequel. And that's just because he was just being himself. Yeah, uh, yeah Jeff Goldblum playing a character older than time in this And he's movie. the brother of the collector. Yes. So Benicio Del Toro. So, one, weirdly they do look like super similar. Like, when you put little goatee on them, I feel like their eyes have a very similar kind of... I don't want to say frogginess, but... I feel like you're bordering <laughs> on racism. I don't think they're both... Are they both from the same... No. Place? No. It's not racist, is it? I, don't, I feel like... I'm being mean to both of them, for sure, but I feel like I actually sort of believe that they're brothers once you put the goatees on them. Yeah, I'll, I'll roll with it. I'll, they're both ridiculous. I'll roll with it. Yeah, I'm very excited. The movie's going to be absolutely over the top. Speaking... Also, we, we'll get Guardians at the end of it, because I think... Possibly. That, I think that's the suggestion, because... I th- think... Do they show a clip from Infinity War? So... In the trailer that was leaked but not released, which I haven't seen because I want to watch the trailer when it's official. Glory, yeah, for yeah. the uh, Infinity War trailer, which was apparently awesome too. There is, uh, I think, it's a shot of maybe the Guardians like fishing Thor out of space. So the end of the movie might end with Flo- Thor floating, floating around and in space. he literally joins up, which I'd be I'm about. I'm, I'm about that. I feel like that'll be a post-credit sequence, and that is why the Guardians trailer. The not, Infinity not War gonna, trailer hasn't been released until they release it after Thor. Yeah, that's that's I don't. People get annoyed when they don't release things. I'm like, but just it's fine. It's just how marketing works. It's cool. Yeah, there's um, a there's a there's a very careful hype wave, which yeah, I, I feel like um, Black Panther's wave. hitting a little bit better than Infinity War. I kind of keep forgetting that Infinity War is happening. That's Although, probably the best place for I, it in your brain right now because it's not coming head, out till next I year. I want it to be like you know how like you know how with Game of Thrones. Up until season six, like, like season one and two, like, whoa, and then like three is like, okay, and then four and five dragged, and then season six, they're like, we're going off script, everyone's meeting each other, and now it's just kind of like running, they're just running. That's kind of why I want Infinity, Infinity War to be, because I feel like a little bit of a lull, mate. like, films have been good, like, I didn't hate Guardians 2, I enjoyed Spider-Man quite a lot, which we'll get to. But maybe it'll be like, oh, this is nice, this is nice. And then all of our friends get to meet. And a it's sudden cool. shrinking of the galaxy. Everyone will be on top of each other. Yeah, and I kind of like, I just, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing Rocket Raccoon making stuff with Iron Man. 
That could be amazing if it happens. I don't even, How would they possibly go to keep hold of this movie? Well, it's the Russo brothers. We can trust him. Yeah, they, they haven't failed us yet. All right, next trailer. Next trailer, Justice League. Speaking of over the top, four minutes of footage. Definitely Superman, if not Superman... It's Superman. It's Superman. Definitely Superman. He's definitely alive. Or maybe Green Lantern, just to like mess with us. Alright, so I've heard some people talking about this. If it's Green Lantern, then that means they secretly cast and then shot footage with someone who's going to be Green Lantern. That's an awful lot of effort to secretly cast someone, bring them in, and then have them do scenes. Suddenly well, that... would have well, Yeah, but that's happened in really big movies before. In Seven, no one knew that Kevin Spacey was in it. He asked for his name not to be included in the credits. So no one knew that he was going to be the villain to make it surprising. But this is... Also, this spoilers is... for Seven, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Justice League. Like, this, yeah, that, that was then, this is now. Yeah, this but is that would Justice be League. a huge drop. And maybe that's what they need to get people talking. Maybe they're like, oh my goodness. It would be a huge would drop for cast... nerds. But if cast... everyone else, they would just remember Ryan Reynolds. Who would you cast Green Lantern? All the black actors who I would pick are in Black Panther. So I don't know. That's the thing, because like my ideal casting would be like a younger Idris Elba, but he is too old now. Yeah, he's too old and he's in the Dark Tower. Uh, Who would I cast? There's no one who's in between Daniel Kaluuya and Idris Elba. And there's there's an in-between who's not 24 and he's not 50. He'd be a decent age for it. Daniel Kaluuya's quite young. Yeah, but that's not bad. Why can't he be young? You know what's bad? Like in my image, in my head, the image of Green Lantern will always be the version from the Justice League cartoon. He yeah. was like on and off with Hawkgirl. So that's like just a beefy black guy, right? Yeah. So basically, The Rock but black. You know what? There aren't enough black actors in Hollywood. It's a real Find someone you give them a chance because, yeah. like, why not? But that that I think that'd be a really cool drop. Um, the trailer itself, I thought, was suddenly. Very heavy on Wonder Woman. I feel like they're like, people like this! <laughs> and not realising the reasons why we like her. They're just kind of like, let's show loads of Wonder Woman doing stuff without realising, hey, we like this movie because it had good character interaction and development and growth. Like, no, 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 let's have her doing a drop kick and her skirt flashing up, which I really don't like, because in it's... all of Wonder Woman, with all the many, many women who are fighting in skirts, you didn't see any of their bottoms. This film is going to be in a weird place between Zack Snyder, who has been known to do, to not portray women the best, mm-hmm. and Joss Whedon, who ha- who's now who is doing the pickup shots and taking care of the kind of finishing yeah, up process of the Justice League, who's literally the best man in the world for the representation of women. Of the men, he's probably the best. He's he's in the upper like I I, I he's in the top one percenter. Yeah, I I love Joss Whedon. He, he's he's, he's got, a self-proclaimed feminist. He's got speeches about feminism. He's not just like yeah, go women. He's like he's an activist. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he fights a... for the cause. I, I I do love him. Um, I respect the fact that Zack Snyder had the courage to step away from his projects. Um. So kudos to him for taking the time he needs for him and his family. Um, I think you're right. It's going to be a little bit confusing. The trailer seemed very different to the ones we got originally. A lot more colour in them. Um, it's still jokey. So I think that's maybe... Yeah, that's quips, nice. quips and quips. Everyone knows quips, quips, quips is the quips. way for it. 
Um, I'm still just, I'm not sure. I feel like they're trying to do an awful lot in one movie because they're setting up the Justice League and then maybe Superman's back and they're going to drop Green Lantern. You know that Green Lantern has to happen at some point in some capacity. Well, that, the whole, like, the whole marketing thing was um, Unite the, the seven. seven. Yeah, hashtag Unite the Seven, which I remember very clearly And they're trying to like died. They're trying to act like that didn't happen, but we know it happened. So we know that like, including dead Superman, there are five. So then... Am I, am oh, I, oh, yeah, there's five. five and then two Green Lanterns? So Green Lantern, and then who else? Like, who are they going to... I feel like they're going to try and do, like, a bit of a... Oh, you got Green Lantern! Oh, and you got the Martian! Oh, if Martian Manhunter turns up, that I will be... That, I'm up for that. I then love Martian Manhunter. That's just another character that I feel like the normal people won't know who he is. Martian Manhunter is not Superman famous. I know, I know, I know but he is a great character... Um, and they made Guardians work. They make Guardians work. They make, I, 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 this is a very different they we're talking about. The yeah. they who made Guardians work is very You know di- what? I'm glad they're giving Joss Whedon the reins um, because they need to, I think, move away from Zack Snyder's vision just because they've tried it a couple of times and it didn't work. I think that Patty Jenkins did a really, really good job of working within the kind of confines of what had been set up. Um, she used the guidelines, but she also reshaped the mould at the same time. So, I think she did a really good job with Wonder Woman. Yeah, there, there's no denying that. Even if I find your metaphor confusing, I get what you mean. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I'm still... I think the problem is that they've had too many big failures for me to be excited. Even after Wonder Woman being great, I just feel like Wonder Woman was great because Patty Jenkins was just sat in her room and was like, Everything is against me. I have to make this work. And she did. Yeah. I I that was less... is it, a, a single success does not discount all the failures. Yeah, like it was less of like a, this is part of the DCEU franchise. It was more like, we have to make one work as a movie. Yeah, agreed, 100%. Like. Uh, if it's great, I'm happy, but I'm not. I'm, I'm excited for any Marvel movie over... Justice League. Yeah, at this point, I'm. If I said Doctor Strange two, I would be more excited than I am for Justice League. I enjoyed Doctor Strange. I feel like everyone's kind of forgotten that Doctor Strange was a movie. Until someone mentioned him in the Infinity War trailer breakdown that I uh, was reading or watching, I totally forgot it was. I was like, oh yeah, Doctor Strange. I enjoyed that. The only thing there are so many Marvel movies. Do you find like you you enjoy all of them, but you forget a lot of them? Like, there haven't been any that I... The only one I've ever actively disliked was the first Captain America movie. You think Iron Man 2's good? Oh, no, I don't like... Oh, I don't like Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3? Yeah. It's been a long time since they've sucked. I forgot there were things. It's been so long. And we're in phase one. No, 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 we're in phase two. Phase one was leading up to the uh, first Avengers. Oh, the first Avengers. Okay, we're in phase two. Okay, good. Good, I guess. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Captain America was our first date, remember? I do remember. All right, Ready Player <laughs> One. Ready Player One, uh, Ernie Klein, a really successful book in the last few years. I think I have it on audiobook. Uh, All right, fancy. I've never, never listened to it. But then why, why mention it? Like, I have an audiobook, I just have it like... Yes, I might, I might have it on the back burner for when I'm done I reading the dictionary. It, it's that popular that I think I got it on some sort of deal. Um... Anyway, Ernie Klein, Ready Player One, 
a mega pop culture mishmash in which... So, I think the movie story is going to be different from the book story, from what I understand. Uh, the book story is that uh, there's this thing called the Oasis, which is like super mega second life. Mm. Uh, a, a place, a sort of virtual reality world where everyone can do whatever they like, and there's like loads of pop culture things. The guy who created it dies, and in and his like last will and testament basically is a massive competition that takes place in the Oasis to earn his fortune, and the winner um, ta- either takes over the Oasis or like gets this guy's estate and fortune, some something like that. It's a big old competition race thing, uh, and that's kind of the main story of the book Ready Player One. The movie Ready Player One, we're not sure. We know that it, there's a massive race thing, a massive kind of car chase with wrecking balls. It looks exceptionally over the top. Yeah. And there's a lot of pop culture references and things, which apparently I didn't see. I mean, Freddy Krueger's in there, Eye Giant's in there. Yeah, those are the two that I saw. Uh, apparently there's Duke Nukem, there's the DeLorean from Back to the Future, um, and loads of things like that. Uh, the The movie, uh, or the trailer at least, was made to be set through frame by frame. You know what I'm going to find a little bit confusing? Because we've got this and we've got Dark Tower series, which in itself is self-referential to Stephen King's what? Are there too many pop culture things? Oh, and also there is something from Stephen King in the Ready Player One trailer. I can't remember what it is because I don't know Stephen King that well, but it's definitely in Ready Player One. I um, I saw it, this trailer and I was left a little bit cold. It just looked like a lot of action. Like, I can't really... I'll reserve judgment... Um, I it, feel like it's been a while since Spielberg's had like a real hit. Yeah, it's. And it, um, to be honest, the trailer did look a little bit Valyrian and the Sea of a Thousand Planets. Which we haven't which, seen yet. No, we haven't seen it. I don't which know if it's bad or good, good, but it's just like a kind of sensory overload of big CG things. Like, when was Spielberg's last foray into science fiction? Was it AI? Oh, it's got to be something more recent than AI. Um, Alright, you, you, you talk, I'll IMDb. Go, go. So wait, no, I was going to IMDb while you talk. Well, we're just, we're, we're talking, look at this, this conversation we're having right now, this is filling space. <laughs> so if I keep talking, no one will realise I'm typing Steel and Spielberg really quickly into my phone and trying to find out what he's directed recently. He's so directed, I'd rather keep talking. He's directed BFG recently, which that was wasn't fantasy. a... Yeah, it wasn't a massive success. Either way, I don't. I'm not massively in love with the look of Ready Player One, but I'm certainly interested to see where it goes. It's really big in kind of nerd culture right now because of the way it combines loads of different properties. Oh, um, uh, in fact, Steven Spielberg isn't putting too many of his own properties in, and it will be a lot of licensed things and things that they've borrowed from other movie studios and other. Um, creative endeavours within pop culture a la Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Okay, the last few forays into science fiction that Spielberg's had is AI in 2001, Minority Report in 2002. Great movie. And War of the Worlds 2005. It's been a while. Um, War of the Worlds I find a little bit patchy. Minority Report I think is good. I liked Minority Report. I I like the visuals of Minority Report. Um... I just don't know. I don't. I don't feel safe. Yeah, that's that. That's fair to say. You I'm worried it might be too commercial, which oh. is weird. Cause it's, it's a pop culture. Mo- I don't know. I, 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 I'm ready to be proven wrong. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm certainly interested in how the movie goes. And one quick thing for not movies but TV, Stranger <laughs> Things Season 2, <laughs> Halloween. It's happening. It's coming out at Halloween. It's being set at Halloween. It's <gasps> awesome. I'm super excited to see I where they go from this. Cannot, but when we watched Stranger Things first time round, we literally, I think we blitzed it in like two days. Two and a bit days. Two and a bit days. And we weren't living together at this point either. No, I just stayed at your house watching Stranger Things for like 12 hours. Worth. But, um, worth. I've sort of forgotten all of the plot lines that aren't the major plot line and the four boys. I know that there's like his sister and that guy with the weird hair. And then um, the boy who disappears, brother, they kind of become a thing. Oh, the boy, was that his brother? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a whole lot. I think I'm just I'm so hyped. The trailer between now and October, perfect. Stranger Things needs a rewatch. Like even with using the introduction to Thriller as the overlay, just you know, I was seeing that I was like applauding me, like yes, this is how you make me hyped. Not spoiling anything, not giving away anything. It's just getting you back into that world, getting you excited, and yes, more please. Yeah, I mean it looks. Really very interesting. It's still the same kind of small town setting. I'm very interested to see where the story goes. I don't I want to spoil it in case anyone hasn't seen season one. I love awesome. the kids in it. They're like, and they just uh, seeing that like, their friend Lee faces again. Yeah. We're just like, yay, they're back! The kid who looks like the lead singer from the All American Rejects. It just, I really love the fact that it's a TV show, and the thing I'm most excited about seeing are the child actors again. Because normally those are the bits in most TV shows where you're like, oh, it's a bit with the kid, skip over, this is boring. This is like, they're the best bit of the, out of a fantastic, are flawless TV sure show. Are you sure you're not more excited for Officer Punch first? Because, uh, you know, the other oh, show, yeah. I'm very excited for the adventures <laughs> of Officer Punch first. Ask questions later. Oh, there are so many things. I, I'm not, I don't talk about it because it's so, so spoilery. It's, if you <laughs> haven't seen Stranger Things... What is what, wrong with you? What Stranger Things? It's like you awesome. are in. Let's let's you know what. Once it's done, let's go start rewatching Stranger <laughs> Things. I love it. I love it so much. All right, on to our reviews. Let's do a short review first because we know that the film has been out for quite a while, and I think most of the people who are even vaguely interested have seen it. And that is Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man Homecoming. Spider Man. Uh, I say let's launch into full on spoilerinos. Spoiler everything because it's been a week or two. Uh, yeah, go see the movie. <laughs> I think that movie was great. That movie, in some way, it redeemed previous Spider-Man movies to me. Best Spider-Man movie? By far the best Spider-Man movie. I'll agree. I'd agree with that. I'll, I have a really, but, really, like, soft place in my heart for the first two um, Sam Raimi films. Yeah, I think it's only the best Spider-Man movie because previous Spider-Man movies existed. One of the things that I really loved about Homecoming was that it was extremely aware of the of where it sits in the Marvel Universe, in the cultural understanding of Spider-Man, and it was very careful to step around every yeah, single it, landmine. Yeah, I was about to say, it knew its landmines. I love the fact that it, um, like you said, is already established in the um, Avengers universe, which is great because you already have your framework made. Um, they don't do the whole Uncle Ben thing at all. The closest you get is one line when he says something on the lines of, oh, I can't upset May, she's been through enough. Yeah, and which is even better because they tease it 
And now I'm almost like, now I want to see Uncle Ben get shot again. No, I, 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 I don't. Um, I just thought it was a really cool movie. I thought Tom Holland... I feel like we have... Have we not reviewed this? Or we've just talked about it a lot. I think we've just talked about it a lot. I'm fairly certain we didn't review it. Did we review it? We did basically. Last time we did uh, My Cousin Rachel and Baby Driver. Oh, yeah, of course we did. Oh, yeah. Just so you guys know, we're not going to do the... Um, uh, American Gods thing because we recorded an episode where I reviewed it up to a certain point and all I did was scream for an hour and I it don't was think very tiring it wasn't good content unmoderatable and I I like the show and I haven't even finished the series Kieran I swear <laughs> to god so I'm very excited Tom Holland did an amazing job he perfect absolutely perfect in Spider-Man he was the... cocky and shy and uncomfortable and just all around and the positions he puts himself in of trying to do the right thing and doing the wrong thing. I just, really, really good character growth. I thought all of the teenagers in it looked like teenagers. Acted um, like teenagers. I, I, I thought his best friend in it was very funny. New Flash. The new Flash who's not a uh, a massive like meathead bully, but is in fact a smarmy Indian kid with some DJs, with some DJ decks is amazing because that is the real bully that you have these days he doesn't push you around he's just mean yeah. <laughs> he makes up mean rhymes about you i i just i thought that the whole kind of school setting was very believable and didn't feel very didn't feel contrived i thought this was one of the best villains marvel's had i think leaning very heavily on the fact that mike keaton is such a talented actor because he was understandable um you knew his motivations at all points but also he was very very menacing yeah, I mean, at this point it goes Loki, the Vulture, massive crater, every Everyone single else. other Marvel villain. That's two. Two good villains in 20 movies. Kate Blanchett, fingers crossed. I am not holding out hope. But yeah, I mean, wow, that performance. There were some real subtleties to it that really impressed me. Um, really unhappy with the Vulture, the way he... Um, Michael Keaton. The way Michael Keaton just put it across. Um, I, I don't really feel like I have much else to say on Spider-Man other than I really enjoyed it. Um, do I think it's the best comic book movie ever? No. I don't think it's going to be changing any kind of perceptions of comic movies. I just think it was a very good movie, well made. Yeah, I would say as far as formulaic comic book movies, it's definitely up there. It, yeah. It hits the formula very well. It goes through all the stages. Yeah, there were no, like, surprises. That's fair. Apart but... from... Okay, there was one surprise. There were a couple of moments where I did gasp. Yeah, you the... know, for somebody who didn't like the movie, you genuinely screamed. No, I did no, like the movie. For someone who doesn't think it's the greatest movie of all time, you screamed oh, I was a few re- times. Yeah, I was really, like, emotionally involved in the movie as I was watching it, but it hasn't been something where, um, in the days after, I was sitting thinking about the movie. Like, I saw the movie, then I kind of... Forgot about it, but I really enjoyed it when I was there. It's a solid experience. Yeah, I think good movie. Uh, keep at it. Yeah, very excited. It does prove to me between uh, this and teenage superhero TV shows, I think it proves to me that the best superheroes are teenage superheroes, because there's things that you can get away with development, character development wise, with angst. teenagers. So much angst. <laughs> With a teenage superhero, if they do something unforgivably stupid, it it makes sense because they're just they're, they're still learning. a kid. They're learning. But yeah, when Iron Man does something unforgivably stupid, you're like, 
oh my god, he made Ultron. A 28 year old man or whatever. Robert Downey Jr. is like 70 now. Okay, you just insulted him twice. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? Um, When an adult superhero makes a mistake, it's harder to to remain within the story. But when a teenage superhero does it, it's fine. And it makes the payoffs better, I think. I, I think if you do it, if you you can overdo it and you get a little bit sick of them because they can just be a little bit whiny. I think they do a good job of him not being whiny. I think they explored him not really knowing what to do with his powers and not really knowing where he fits in in terms of oh I've got these powers I don't understand how these are working. I can do big things, but should I be doing big things? I think they they address that really really well. Yeah, very clever. All right, on to our major review for this week. Major. Major, major review. Salute. Dunkirk. Go. What do you think, Dunkirk? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? My thoughts and feelings. I um, was really excited for seeing this movie. Dunkirk, for especially for British people, has such a strong place in our kind of national culture and heritage. And the way we kind of view ourselves, and you hear a lot about things like the Dunkirk spirit, and it's a story that every kid in Britain grows up knowing the story of Dunkirk. And we are kind of, we're taught it in schools as being this great victory. Um, then as we get older, in later, <laughs> again, still in school, we start to be taught about how it wasn't necessarily a victory, it was just more propaganda. So there is this kind of dichotomy between how people feel and view Dunkirk so I was really excited to see how we're going, um, they were going to explore it I think Christopher Nolan even though I don't like all of his movies like some of his movies I love some can leave me quite cold um, I think he is the right person because he when he uses a big budget he doesn't do it for show he doesn't do it for melodrama he, the budget goes where it needs to go to get the story across so and I think in that aspect, Dunkirk is a really big victory. Um, that was an accidental pun. <laughs> um, the way it's shot is really, really spectacular. Um, there, it just the amount of scale you get in some places is fantastic. You really, you you feel like you are on land, sea, and air. So you feel all parts of the rescue really, really vividly. The score is exceptional. I think the acting is really good. Um, there are some choices that Nolan makes which really took me out of the movie, which I was upset about because there are things that it should really be applauded for. Um, the lack of dialogue being one. Um, so much is conveyed through people's facial expressions and through what they're not saying as, long, as well as the short things they do say. There's no moment where people are screaming or wailing or crying it's just you really get this feeling of all these men being shell-shocked and just having to get on with the situation they're in and that i found really believable what do you think before i go on um i think nolan is a capable filmmaker and it was a capably made film and really i don't have i don't have any major gripes and i don't have any like major uh, major victories there's not a lot that I hated and not a lot that I truly loved about this film for the way it was done I'm impressed with I love the lack of dialogue um, but to be honest while I was watching the film I didn't sit there going oh my god the lack of dialogue is really drawing me into this I was just 
watching the film. I think the sound editing could do with some uh, some work. Uh, it was very difficult to understand I find a that lot of the so characters. often with Nolan films, like the last couple of films he's like, Interstellar, I really struggled to hear what people were saying. Um, he needs to stop putting masks over Tom Hardy's face because I had the same with Dark Knight Rises where I couldn't understand what the man was saying, despite his excellent acting. Um, yeah, I think there are some issues with the sound. I want to say sound like design itself was incredible. The it's soundtrack. Just, yeah, the, they, the, they, not just the soundtrack, but the sound of like the uh, like the sound of the ocean, the sound of the gunshots. All of that sounded real. There was there was there's nothing inauthentic about this film. That's fair to say. It is very authentic. It's so grounded in reality, and these people feel. Really, really, for a film that's made up, or I think basically exclusively of composite characters, they are entirely believable. Um, however, the biggest issue I have with the film is its narrative structure, which I think could have worked. So, again, this is going into spoilers. So yeah, okay, I think we, we're going to go into spoiler time. Uh, so if you need to wait, before we go into spoiler time, we have our new review system, cheap cinema, medium cinema, full on IMAX 3D. Oh, see, this is hard because Christopher Nolan cares about IMAX, and I think it would have been more spectacular. We saw it um, at the, the medium, medium cinema. cinema. I think it would have been more spectacular in IMAX. However, I, I think it's not a cheap cinema movie at all. You shouldn't see it on your TV either. You have to go to a cinema to see it. So I'll say medium cinema. I disagree with you so much. I think with it being as kind of loud and blaring as it as I found it in the medium cinema I would have been happy to watch that film in the in a small cheap cinema no, just no, I, no, just no, because no, I, no. I like the Kieran. story but I think the sound design or the Kieran, sound no. the wave of sound that hits you at points in that movie I thought it was a bit but much but it's such a huge you need that you need a big screen you need a big screen for that film I disagree so much because of the the thing that I think he does really, really well is he fills his frame without making it feel stuffed. There is everything in that frame you you believe would be there. Everything is there with a purpose to build atmosphere without being excessive. So you need a big screen to be able to see that. There are some shots in that where if you saw it on a small screen, you would lose, I think, so much of the impact. Alright, I disagree. And I actually think it would be quite a good TV movie. No, Kieran, 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 no, Kieran, I can't, I cannot believe, like, I don't even, like, it's not even that I love this movie, I think this movie's okay, but no, you, like, you, you can't see Dunkirk on a small screen, you just can't, it's so cinematic, it needs to be big, and, like, I, I do agree with you, they need to fix make, the way people speak, because you can't really hear the dialogue sometimes, however, that constant ticking that you hear in the sa in the in the music and the the end or, or again slight spoilers kind of classical piece of music they play, it's so it's meant to overwhelm. It's meant to be big. It's meant to be grandiose in that way to to drive home really what happened. You shouldn't see what happened to these men on a small screen. You just see it on a big screen so you can really get the scale of it. All right, fair enough. On to spoilers. Spoilers. Okay, so the thing that I struggled with, considering how much. I liked about this movie. Um, the, again, this isn't really a spoiler because they, they set it up. I think literally within the first ten minutes. It's not. It's not explicitly explained very. But early. It, they say um, 
they they kind of say mole, which is um, by the by boat. sea by boat evacuation. Um, well, not by boat, not by civilian boats, by destroyers, dreadnoughts, yeah. military ships. Military ships um, take that's a week, and then um, civilian boats is a day. Air Force is an hour. And I'll, I, when I first thought, I thought, oh, is that how long it takes people to get across? Um, what it actually is, is those are the time scales you're watching things on. So when you see the pilots in their planes, that's happening an hour before the rescue. See the civilians, that's a day. You see the soldiers, that's a week. I found it incredibly confusing to know what was going Because once I figured it out, I was like, because I figured it out probably, I think, about halfway through the movie where a character you see on a civilian ship you then in the following scene see on a military ship at night so then i was like okay this setup sequence that's kind of cool um then after that point i felt like i was constantly playing chase up to be like wait no where 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 is this inter intersecting because a lot of the plots intersect as well so I was like, wait, so that pla that plane's gone down there. Wait, hang on, is he rescued? Is he, wait, he's on the boat already. No, he's not on the boat. And I just, the whole time I was thinking, there was this one really crucial scene where there's a lot of soldiers in the water. And I was like, I can't remember if they're on the boat yet or not in a different scene. Do I need to feel tense in this? And because I was confused about who was where and when, it took all tension out of the movie for me. I think the I this is what I th I haven't checked online, but this is what I think the framing that that framing device was going for. I think in the same way that in Inception the different layers have time moves differently in different layers of the dream. In Dunkirk, the different the three different story threads begin at different points and go at a different pace. Mm. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it was calculated mathematically. I'm when, sure. Because like, that... they, they all achieve the same point. Like, all the threads intersect basically at one point. Well, no, there was two which I thought one was slightly ahead of the other. And that's when I started getting conf confused. Like, I felt like the one week one dragged behind the two other storylines a little bit too much. So that it got a bit confusing in places. Um, and I'm sure if I watch it again, it'll make more sense. I just... For this particular story, as much as I appreciate the fact that Christopher Nolan has a fascination with the representation of time, I don't think Dunkirk needed that. I don't feel like this story needed to have that kind of that cinematic way of telling that story. I just don't think it added anything. Yeah, quite frankly, I get ready. I'm going to use the swear word for the episode. It was wanky. It was a it little was, bit. For a was... film which was so, like, trimmed all the... F like, it really does trim the fact there is nothing excessive in the movie apart from that technique everything else in the film is so authentic and it feels so like close it's true really to visceral. life visceral and yeah there's just this one thing where it's just like i've made a very good well-structured pie and then i put whipped cream on top so like, you didn't need whipped cream on a meat pie chris i mean i think i think it Nolan. is something where it could work i just don't think he had enough, and I, I and a lot I, again. One of our kind of our favorite film critics reviewed this, saying that the good thing about Christopher Nolan is he expects his audience to be smart, so he doesn't dumb it down, which is fair enough. And maybe I'm just too stupid, but 
I shouldn't have to sit in a cinema being confused about who is wearing when. I think maybe a couple more signifiers just to clarify. Because yeah, it also it also, took some things, some moments were removed because you already knew that a character was going to die or made it and that removed tension from some scenes. I think it might just be because I know a little bit Christopher Nolan's work. I don't know all of it, but I know enough of Christopher Nolan's work that when in the opening 10 minutes they said the mole one week, mm. the planes one hour, the yeah. blokes one day, that I was like, I'm going to have to take note of these times and where it comes up because otherwise I'll be lost. I mean, it's fine that I'm not being like talked down to by the movie. I think that's fine. But I don't want to have to be taking Crystal Maze style notes like, don't, halfway I, through the movie I'd so I can get I'd rather this it. than Ghost in the Shell where it was too dumb. Um... And it's not that I think like it's being unnecessarily well, unnecessarily overcomplicated. Just because this particular story, which is so important to kind of national our national culture, I don't think it it needed that. And what I was kind of expecting going to because it's a really what happened to Dunkirk is heartbreaking, truly, truly heartbreaking. Um, so I was expecting to go into this movie feeling over overwhelmed and. Because this film is so... The way it's made, it's so raw. Like, it really... It doesn't try to pull at your heartstrings. It just it just shows you. And I loved that. But because I was being so distracted by the different timelines, I can never let myself go emotionally in the way that there are some scenes... Like, when we came out of the cinema, when we were kind of discussing afterwards, I was talking about a scene which um, is from Atonement, which has always stayed with me, which is kind of a continuous shot on the beach with the soldiers. And I remember seeing that the first time in the cinema and just crying because it was so beautiful and, and touching and respectful. And I thought this whole movie could have been that for an hour and a half had it not been for that, um, for the structure. Alright, we, we, we can't hammer on about it for the whole review, but I do think that it kind of shows a lack of faith in the characters because the composite characters that they create, that Nolan and the team created, were awesome characters. They were yeah, really Yeah, I really good. liked all of them. Despite the fact that all three of those sol boy soldiers looked pretty similar, I knew very quickly who they who were. Who was who and what who their personalities who, were. What their person... Like, what was wrong with them, what was right, what Through their goals were. Very dialogue, and for some of them, no dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, a surprising amount of the characters I feel like I knew extraordinarily well with basically no dialogue. I did not realise that it was... Um, Harry Styles? Tom Hardy. Oh, Tom Hardy. I didn't, until the very end when he took his mask off, I was like, that was Tom Hardy the whole time? It's down yet because he's one of Nolan's favourites, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Nolan um, loves Tom Hardy in a Bane mask. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Tom Hardy... I thought my, my favourite one was a story with the pilots, just because... The pilots were clear. The way they... I can't always understand what they're saying, but the way they interact with, with each other, and especially Tom Hardy's characters, he's not like an overly emotional man at any point. He's just the very much kind of ashy of like, it's my job, I get on and do it. Very, and very British, very stiff upper lip, and it was very well portrayed. really, really powerful, and I love the fact that the soldiers that you saw, they were following on the beach, were so young. Like, they looked like they were like 19. He literally got someone from a boy band. Not a man band, a boy band. I thought Harry Styles Harry Styles is really well. He was really good in it. I loved the... Uh, I, again, I loved the characters on the civilian ship. I thought the plot point of a, the boy being injured on the boat... 
It didn't. It was unnecessary. Oh god, yeah, Charlie. What was he there for apart from to be in the trailer? I think that was okay. That was the one bit of fat in this movie. It didn't yeah. add any. I think having um, Celine Murphy kind of being shell shocked was really effective because his performance was so good yeah. anyway. I think they could have just explored that without having without putting that violence there happen. to die. I I assume at one one rewrite of that script. The Charlie storyline was really interesting and worthwhile, but however that that story ended up was not interesting. I just I found it a little bit unnecessary. I may the thing is maybe this is based on what really happened on one of the civilian ships. I don't know. That's fair. Um, that might be a piece a historical bit. If it's just for this movie, it almost und- it undermines the other deaths that happen in the movie. Because there are surprisingly few like named character deaths. You don't see any named character deaths, or I suppose you they insinuate some, um, but you see so many bodies on the beach, and you hear all these numbers about people dying, and yet you went to feel sad for Charlie yeah. when all these. I just I found that a little. I was like, why am I why am I meant to feel sympathetic here when there is there's so much death yeah. right now? But kind of flip side to that plaudits to the movie for making a film which it has so much death in it which doesn't seem violent or gory or bloody like you could show there was one one death which horrified me and that was right at the end mm. and that's fine i was expecting more things to horrify me if i'm honest but they weren't gory not at all but there are like, t- so many tense bits but you feel like you can't breathe um i think the soldier storyline there, I did just feel like, and again, not trying to discount what actually happened on the day, but they go through, I think, three ships sinking. They really, they really go through and, a lot, didn't they? And like they, they survive all of them, which. Well, increasingly few of them, like, less yeah. and less survive each sinking. No, but like the main characters. Yeah. Like the main kind of two. What? I mean. Not that he put, he put in a great performance, but I'm really confused as to how Harry Styles got this role. Did I he just send in an audition and happen to win, and then they were like, "Oh, whoops, it's Harry Styles." I, 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 I genuinely don't know, but he, no he was more than up to part. I yeah. thought that the young um, boy on the boat who wasn't Charlie, the blonde boy, he was excellent. And Mark Rylance Mark can Rylance. do no wrong. And then they're, they're just like nice little moments in here, uh, here and there, when they a soldier asks. Um, it was actually it was the pi- the pilot who crashes. Yeah, the pilot guy who I like, really loved as a character. I thought yeah, it was really cool. I thought the interaction between the two pilots was completely believable. Um, when he asks um, the son about like family, or, or I don't remember what he asks him, but he says, "Oh yeah, um, dad wants to come. Like I had a brother. He was he was one of you guys. He was in the air force. He died a couple of weeks into the war." You just get a shot of like Mark Rylance just driving the boat, and then in that moment, you just you you get it. And I, I, I really I, I applaud the movie for being so subtle in places and um, no, there's just there's nothing about it that's melodramatic or over the top. I just I I enjoyed it, but I, I I will probably watch it again one more time just for trying to work out where now things intersect. Now the framing device and where do you Because actually, I think. The intersections are very cleverly done. Things like they they show you what colour a particular boat is, 
and then in a few scenes later, you see that particular boat sinking, or you've already seen it sink, and then you see it sink, and then you know. But then, then again, it takes tension out. Of, out yeah, of. because I know that boat sinks and stuff. But I mean, a I feel like this is a film that will be recut. Someone on online at some point will recut the film perfectly chronologically, and it might make more sense. I don't know. I think this film was designed to be told in that order. The, the, I just, it's a beautiful movie. The, the shot of the plane flying over the beach at the end. Really cool. That was really spelled And in fact, the, uh, the, that one last piece of dogfighting that happens mm. at the very end. That's what, kind of falling down. That is that's, what I think they were building. That's what I think everything was kind of building to that one moment. Because that's the moment where everything turns from loss to victory. And then everyone starts talking about winning and... I found that that was the closest I got to having a little bit of a cry, just because it was that kind of spirit of being shown of like right to the end, do it, do it for the men, yeah, attitude. Um, so yeah, I thought good mo- good movie, not great. Uh, awards buzz. What do you think? Any chance? I think there's always something in there for Nolan. <laughs> Everyone just loved Nolan. Everyone loves Nolan. I think um, score potentially as well. It was really good. The score, I think, is most likely. None of the performances were stellar. No, because no, there's, there's no main actor in it. Yeah, that's true. All right, yeah, I think it will probably... If anything, it will get a score nod. Maybe a costume. Maybe a costume. Or maybe, like, effects. Yeah, the the practical effects in this were... Like, at no point did I think I was watching anything that was computer-generated at any point. No, yeah, it was... No, the, the ships in it are real ships. So again, I, I, I think people should go see this movie because I think Christopher Nolan deserves to keep making movies because he tries to make really good ones and I yeah, appreciate that. He does that. work hard. He's a very capable filmmaker. Yeah. But there's no denying that if you go to see a Nolan movie, you're going to get something of quality. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It might not be what you love, but it will That's be what I don't. There aren't many Christopher Nolan films I'm like, oh, I l-, apart from The Dark Knight... That none of his films, I'm like, I love this. In the way that some people love everything that he touches. I enjoy all of his movies. Yes, they're all decent. He's not Marmite, he's... He's good. He's pie. Some people think it's alright, and some people really, really love it. I'm pushing this pie thing. Anyway. Alright, since you started the show off, do you want to wrap the show up? Oh, so I get to do the... uh, I've forgotten all of the things. Okay, so if you want to follow us, we will start using our Twitter page, we swear. Um, you can follow us at Cinemazing Film on Twitter. You can follow Kieran at Kizaman. You can follow me at Lissa Bryant93. And I think that's everything. So, ladies and gents, until next time. <laughs> <laughs>